The following is a production of DallasCowboys.com and the Dallas Cowboys Football Club. How about this, Cowboys? Yeah! Are you ready for a break? Uh, yes. Are you ready for a break? Absolutely. Ready for a break? Yeah, and um, so much for that. It's time for The Break on DallasCowboys.com. We were on the break! With Nick Eatman, David Hellman, Ambar Garcia, and Derek Eagleton. It is Monday, August 26th, 2019, season 15, episode number 32. Welcome to another edition of The Break. We are live from the SWBC Mortgage Studios at the Star. Got Nick, Amber, and Dave with me. We're talking some Cowboys football here with you guys for the next hour. Uh, a lot to get into. Cowboys get a big win. Uh, I guess if you can call a preseason game a big win, but they do blow the pants off of the Houston Texans 34 to nothing. We're going to talk a little bit about that. Talk about some of the standout players. Uh, we're also going to go back through a list that I threw out to you guys on Friday about some of the uh, some of the the bubble guys, some of the battles that were happening, and see if in any of those there were guys how they played this week weekend, if that affected any of those battles uh, in your perspective. Uh, let's start first though with a little bit of blanket coverage. We haven't done this in a while. I have a few statements for you it's guys. Still training camp. Still training camp. Uh, I have a few statements for you guys, and I'll let you guys uh, fill in the blank. Let's start with the first statement. Dallas has. Uh, Dallas has looked pretty good during the preseason, extremely polished versus Houston. With teams limiting their starters, what I take from the Dallas performances is blank. Start with you, Amber. Um, Sorry, say that again. Would you whisper over there? Can we say it again? Say just that last sentence part again. What I take from the Dallas performance is... Okay, performance. Okay. Performances, I'm sorry. Because I'm I'm looking at this from the standpoint of this game and the last game. All, all the preseason. Yeah, preseason. Okay. What I take from their performances is, Amber? Um, I mean, uh, I, I don't know. I don't know. I'm excited. I like what I see. That's for sure. I like what I see. I like the different elements that they have, the different guys seeing Tony Pollard, the things that he's been able to do so far. But I'm hesitant to get super excited about it, you know, because you know what the Cowboys tend to do to us with those feelings. So I'm just very cautious with that, but I'm really excited. And I'm, I feel positive about Kellen Moore and what he's able to, he's been able to accomplish so far. I feel that he hasn't shown us everything, so that's good. And with what we've seen so far, I expect the regular season to be even more. Once he lets it all go and shows us everything that he's got, I'm excited. Dave. Sweet, sweet relief. Huh. Okay. In a variety of ways, but most importantly, you know, we got through the, the meat of the preseason with no significant injuries. Uh, starters played in all the games. Nobody got hurt. I think keep an eye on Taco Charlton's ankle injury but I don't you know we're not classifying that as a season altering injury so they did that um on top of that the offense and defense both looked about as strong as you could expect them to in exhibition games you know Dak looked good he, 11 and 14 for 109 and a touchdown led scoring drives on three of his four possessions the running backs that played in place of Zeke looked good the defense gave up one touchdown and it came after a muffed punt put him on a short field you you could call it dominant. I don't want to because it's fake football, but they looked really good. Like just in general, like all of the concerns that you had about the preseason heading into it, um, 
none of them turned out to be a big deal with injury being at the top of that list. So I feel relieved. Nick? Yeah, I think that, you know, Jason Garrett loves to say next man up. I haven't always thought it was the it's the best philosophy to use sometimes, but I understand the premise of it. And I think if you w- watch the preseason and realize where the key players were out, right behind them, those guys have done well. I think Michael Gallup has done a really nice job. Uh, he is a solid number two. I think Tony Pollard did a nice job in Zeke's uh, absence. I think Xavier Suofilo showed why he needs to be on this team in Zach Martin's absence. Um, I think that the defensive events, all of them, Hyder and Dorrance Armstrong, all these guys, Taco, have done a nice job with, with uh, D-Law, Crawford out. So even Byron Jones, I think Cheeto did, has done a nice job, and Anthony Brown and, and Lewis and those. So those guys have stepped up. Sean Lee's been out for a while, and Joe Thomas has done a good job. So you're seeing depth on this team. Okay. Um, second statement. Reports, there are reports that Byron Jones will be possibly elevated off the pup as early as today. With limited practices before the first game and good cornerback play from other cornerbacks on the team, I'd plan to play him blank during the first game. Dave. Um, hard to answer that because we have, I mean, practice isn't until 5.30, so haven't seen him do anything. I doubt, you know, even, even if he's out there, if he's off pup, like he's not just going to mix into team right away. So I'll say sparingly, if at all, because, uh, again, that's that's two practices this week and three next week. Like you're practicing for the Giants starting next week. So that is a short curve for a guy who hasn't done anything all off season, at least not football. Um, and, and then the guys that have played in his place have been great. And the Giants also have a terrible receiving core. So everything just lines up. Right? You don't have to go crazy trying to get him onto the field for that game. So if I play him at all, it is in a very small package of plays. Nick. What I wonder about that, and I agree with everything you said, what I wonder, and we don't know this, what, depending on how the roster shakes out, is can they afford to do that? Can they afford to play him just a small amount of plays? What does it mean for your special teams? What do the other positions look like? Do they keep five corners? Does C.J. Goodwin maybe have to play? Alumba, does he make the team? Mike Jackson? So a lot of question marks there. I think, though, if, if they don't have a lot of depth at corner, um, that he might have to play a little bit more. But you're not going to rush him back out. So I, you might see a cornerback make this team for week one or two that might not be here once he's fully healthy. Amber? I'm, I'm trying to think how that really affects the guys that they decide to keep. I'm assuming they would keep six corners, right? Maybe. Probably. Especially Most if that's what we all are hoping for, I would think. If but. they don't, though. But with his progress, I mean, I just don't see that necessarily affecting the corners that they decide to keep, especially with him coming back. I just think that it gives them the relief of kind of easing him in, not just for the Giants. I mean, even the f- first three games, you still have some wiggle room where you don't have to force him to come back and you feel confident enough with the guys that you have. So... I think they're they're he's at a really good spot right now. I, I think CJ Goodwin's interception was probably went a long ways because <laughs> that shows that now you know he can play some corner. If you have to put him in the game, he can play some corner. So maybe they don't have to take Alumba or uh, or Mike Jackson on the team. I don't I don't know where those guys fit right now on the team. Maybe they do. Not both of them. Mike Jackson's drafted and Alumba. Uh, did really well in practice, but I think they'd be afraid to put both of them on the field in a real game. All right. I agree. Let's expand out and hit an NFL topic here. Uh, During the game versus the Houston Texans, we heard that Andrew Luck was retiring two weeks before the season begins. In my opinion, you're speaking for yourself, in my opinion, his decision is blank. Nick? 
um, surprising, but you know, I, I don't know everything that was going on with him and all the injuries, but I'll say this, you know, I can relate because, you know, he had that calf injury and that calf injury is tough. So, you know, he retired from the NFL. Please I've explain. Re- I've retired fans, from black football. I okay, mean, good. you know, calf injuries are really uh, terrible, but no, there's a lot of injuries that, that he's gone through. And <laughs> I guess just mentally it, it wore him down. I, I don't know. It's surprising that, that he he's done. But do I think he's thrown his last pass? No. No, they come back. They I kind of agree all, with you. They all come back. Just for reference, Nick was playing fantasy football flag, this offseason. Flag football. I'm sorry. Fa- yeah, flag, don't hurt fantasy, right. Oh, that would have been really bad. Yeah. Uh, he hurt his calf, and I still don't think it's healed. I, no. It still looks a little gnarly. But, hey, you know, it is what it is. It's it's uh, That is an underrated injury. And that's yeah. one, and, and he's a guy that's getting treatment and probably doing the right Professional way. Professional treatment. And I probably you did not. You got no treatment. You got no money. No one don't paid you Amber anything Don't get Mama Amber started on, on this. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, completely worth. Boy, you should see a, the bills that mm-hmm. I've got low. It's it's, a, it's at <laughs> least professional, doesn't it? Oh man, it's at least a, a grand. Just <laughs> and we have great insurance here too. So man, Amber, tough. um, his decision is his decision. I think that at the end of the day, you got to look out for what's good for yourself, mentally, physically. You, none of us really know what is going on in his personal life. So. I think, and I saw you defend his case, and you know, go on a Twitter war with fans. <laughs> I wouldn't call it a war; it was just kind of a discussion. explanation. No, yeah, it, yeah. and it, it was good because fans uh, they tend to think that it's just about the game, and it, and it's not. Mm-hmm. We're we're all humans. He's human, and whatever his decision is to do that, whether or not this was the right timing to do so, we don't know what he's going through. So you have to respect it and. Let him do what he needs to do. Figure it out. I mean, the timing sucks for them. Really, really no bad. Doubt, yeah. But it is what it is. That's the big thing for me, too, is like a lot of people who think they, you know, they have this great argument about why luck is a scumbag is like, well, the timing couldn't be worse. It's like, it's not like this guy decided to retire in May and waited until now. Right. Like, he's been rehabbing this injury. I don't follow the Colts as closely as I do the Cowboys, but the way I understand it is it went from a calf injury to an ankle injury. Like, it got worse and spread to a different part of his body. Yeah, Nick understands. (laughs) I was about to say, this Mm -hmm. kind of sounds familiar. And after everything he's been through with, like, the the broken ribs and the shoulder that knocked him out for a year, and um, he's taken a beating, I don't think he was sitting there and was like, well, I'm going to retire on August 24th, but I'm going to wait. I'm going to wait. He he probably, after his – 15th week of rehab in his fourth year in a row of needing to rehab something he was just like i am exhausted and miserable and i just can't do this anymore and and i'll say this if this is a, a factor in some of the fans uh, you know angst about it and and i've said it every year if you're dumb enough to do a stupid fantasy football league that early <laughs> that's on you that's yeah. on you always wait till after the you, third there's third. no Absolutely. reason to do it yeah you get itchy and you get excited about wanting to do it okay well somebody's out there drafted both him and and um miller miller, miller. Yeah. lamar miller probably on their on their team and that's just dumb you gotta wait there's no point to do it preseason game and i know people are busy it's hard to get 12 people on the same night sorry you just have to you yeah. have to or you're gonna risk this kind of stuff right it's um, part of it the other thing i was gonna say oh and, you know, as far as getting screwed over because your quarterback retires goes, like the Colts have are probably one of five teams that has an experienced, competent, starting backup quarterback. Like Jacoby Brissett is not Andrew Luck, but he's a pretty good player. So 
all things considered, I just don't buy that. Like, yeah, I mean, it's his, it's his decision. Let yeah. it go. And ultimately, it's up to the team to figure that part out. I mean, that's the nature of any business. You have employees, and employees have a responsibility to themselves. And when they make a decision, it's up to the organization to be prepared to be able to handle that and to adjust to it. And, uh, and that's, no, that's not just NFL players. That's every business in America because all you guys out there listening that have jobs – if you decided tomorrow you found a better opportunity for you and your family, you're going to walk away, and that company's going to be left having to figure out how to hold, how to figure that out. Not to put our laundry on the air, but we lost a pretty important teammate the day before training camp. The last three years, we've yeah, lost yeah, a very important a point. member of our team just before training camp, and it's a part of it. Like yeah. you can't tell that person, no, you need to stick around for the good of the team. <laughs> They're worried about themselves, and that's okay. Got to do what's Certainly best for okay. you. Certainly okay. All right, we're going to take our first break. When we come back, let's talk a little bit about this game. We're going to talk about some standout players, and then we'll talk about some of the bubble guys and how this game may have affected their chances of being able to make this team. We'll do that when we come right back. This is DallasCowboys.com Radio. While a player could look good on paper, it's when he's out on the field that you really find out what he's made of. That's why the Cowboys rely on more than just stats and scouting reports when building their team. When picking a tractor, it's why you should rely on more than just specs and features. You've got to take it out and put it to the test. The Cowboys did when they named John Deere their official tractor. Experience one for yourself. Visit myjohndeeredealer.com slash football. Do you want the most interesting, up-to-the-minute Dallas Cowboys news straight from the star in Frisco? How about exclusive and on command? That's right, news and nuggets you can't find anywhere else. With our exclusive Cowboys content on Alexa, you can have all the answers, secrets, stories, and more. What's Stephen Jones thinking during a game? What's Joe Looney's favorite pregame meal? We take your questions to Cowboys players and coaches, and you can hear the answers directly back to you. Just say, Alexa, open Dallas Cowboys. Want to use what the pros use? How about the official men's skincare brand of the Dallas Cowboys, Jack Black? Right now, you can get the Jack Black Starter, a curated collection of Cowboys locker room favorites for just 10 bucks with free shipping. The starter includes four Jack Black skincare favorites plus a full-sized intense therapy lip balm. Go to getjackblack.com cowboys and use the code word TEAMJB. That's getjackblack.com cowboys. The Jack Black Starter, 10 bucks. Free shipping. The excitement of Dallas Cowboys football is back at AT&T Stadium. The place is going crazy in Arlington, Texas. Don't miss your chance to see the Cowboys live when they host their NFC East rivals, the Eagles, Giants, and Redskins, plus the Green Bay Packers and more. Elliott works his way through and walks the dog. Single game tickets are on sale now. Get them before they're gone. First and goal, quarterback sneak. Prescott pushes up the middle. Touchdown. Visit DallasCowboys.com to get your tickets to Today. Back to the break. Welcome back. This is the second segment of the break live from SWBC Mortgage Studios at the Star. Nick, take it away. Yeah, don't miss the last day of training camp. Today is the second to last day, which means tomorrow is the last be day. The last day. You know, so that works. Smart. I know. Woo. The Star in Frisco, presented by American Airlines, tomorrow, Tuesday. Back to football events begin at 3:30 p.m. Followed by practice at 5:45 p.m. For more information, visit thestarinfrisco.com. So today's the second to last day and tomorrow's. And also throughout this other little tidbit this evening, if you happen to be out at the practice, uh, 
who's that? I think it's in Brian and Lindsay. Brian and Lindsay uh, are going to be out on the plaza doing a show. Dave I think it's going to start. There. Dave, you can go out for that. I, I <laughs> that's this is no. the first time hearing. Him. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. But that's kind of how things roll around. It wouldn't here, right? be. A little bit. It wouldn't, yeah. I wouldn't right. put it past myself to do that to Dave. But yeah, no. and be like Dave, hurry out. Um, but no, it's going to start up about seven o'clock. So if you happen to be out here, drop by, say hi to those guys. Uh, they'll be doing that show live. Uh, right there from the start, we'll also be streaming that out, so you'll be able to check it out for all you guys online that are not in the local area. Uh, just another little uh, cool little feature if you happen to come out to the star uh, this evening. So let's jump back in, talk about the game. Cowboys win 34 nothing over the Houston Texans. Um, let's start first. Before we get to, to some of those bubble guys that, that I want to go back and recap, uh, I do want to get some opinions from you guys on four players that are top-line starter guys um, and how they performed um, in this game. Let's start first with Dak Prescott. He was 2 of 5, 22 yards, had a nice touchdown pass. What do you think of Dak this week? And really, tell me what you think of Dak kind of as a, a whole package of the, the three preseason games. Didn't, didn't get a lot of action in either of them individually, but when you put them all together, what do you think of his preseason? Well, they moved the ball, I think, every every time. I mean, they did have a three and out, I guess, in that first drive against Houston. But for the most part, I thought he did. He was efficient. And, and you know, you got to rem- remember that there's no uh, Zeke, there's no Tyron Smith for some of those games, Zach Martin and all of them. And, you know, and Amari Cooper, I don't think, played any of them as well. So he did a nice job just kind of moving the ball and doing with, you know, the best with what he had. No, oh, yes, yeah, I I thought he looked fantastic, honestly. And you know that's coming. So, sorry, sorry, Amber. No. You? It looked like both of y'all were kind of off in space, like thinking no, about I was, this. I thought like, maybe you went down a trail in we your mind. Both gone for thought, a second. No, I was I was a hundred percent here. I okay. was just waiting to see if she was going to talk first. Gotcha. Um, Thank I, you. I thought I thought he looked fantastic. You know, and he he had he had some inconsistencies in California. I said that he's an up and down practice player, but. He really he translates it to the game so well because yeah I mean they went three and out to start the Houston game it looked like him and Gallup miscommunicated on the first throw of the night you know he he threw what looked like maybe was supposed to be a comeback and Gallup ran a post but uh, 188 yards of offense on four possessions when Dak was in there 11 of 14 that's a lot yeah, yeah that's good. I, I mean he he had four possessions 200 yards basically uh, they moved the ball three out of the four times touchdown field goal two touchdowns and a field goal excuse me. Uh, they ran for five yards a carry while he was the quarterback. Uh, he spread the ball around. He got it to Pollard. He got it to Witten. He got it to Gallup. He got it to everybody in between. Like, I don't know what else you could want from him based on, I think, 30 plays. That's That was the snap count for the preseason, and they looked pretty damn good. It's my quarterback. Thank you. <laughs> Amber, tell me about Michael Gallup. He had a touchdown catch in this game. He's been really good in training camp, too. I would say he's probably been among the top five players uh, throughout training camp. What do you think of him, not only in this game, but I guess throughout the preseason? I think he, he makes his game look effortless, and that's something that you want in a receiver. You don't see him struggling. He's able to open up that catch that he had right there. I didn't think he, that was going to be a catch. and it, it, He just... It wasn't that you need to throw him the ball right in his hand. He's the kind of receiver that's able to grab the ball and get it. And and as far as Dak, I mean, I love the connection that he's been having with all his players. He looks like he he has regained that confidence on the field. Whatever John Kidna has been doing with him, it's working, and he looks good. What's unfortunate is the first mistake he did on the game, in the game, you start hearing people, oh, and he's asking for $40 million, you know? Mm-hmm. So uh, 
we'll see how much money he ends up getting at the end of the day. But right now, I think that that I feel pretty good with the passing game and the development that he's been having with the receivers. Let's uh, let's move on to talk about Malik Collins. He had the big hit that ended Lamar uh, Lamar's season. Mm-hmm. Um, it, what what do you think of him right now, um, just as a as a player and going into this year from everything you've seen? Again, a top five guy during training camp, but we've never wondered about his talent. He's always had talent. He's always flashed. Do you think there's something different about this year? Yeah, he's borderline unblockable right now, and that's that's what's different. He's been a really good player, but right, but he. He's just been so disruptive. I mean, that that was kind of nasty, the way he just kind of got through. And just, you know, I don't think Lamar Miller even knew, didn't expect that there to be a defensive tackle there to knock him off his feet like that. So he, he's been that way all camp. I mean, he's probably been the best player, most consistent of training camp all year, all camp. And right now, he's. I mean, he, he was disruptive in Hawaii. They couldn't block him the other night, you know. I just hope he can stay healthy. That's that's been the thing with him his whole career. You know, even his he had a great rookie year. He was still dealing with a foot that he broke in June. He's had issues with his feet and his legs, his knees, like all all through his career. And obviously, it's hindered him. If he can stay healthy, it's on. It's right there on tape for you to go look at. Like it, he was unbelievable the other night. He was living in their backfield for however many snaps he got. It probably wasn't more than ten. He but. was as good as JJ Watt was on the other side. Mm-hmm. Really. And J.J. Watt was living back there, too. How much? It's a contract year for him. Like, you can't understate how big it is. Like, he could be playing for a huge payday either here or somewhere else if he can stay healthy. And Lord knows what it could mean for this defense if he is a 6-12 to sack type of three technique. Like, we haven't really seen that here since Jason Hatcher had his blow-up year, which, coincidentally enough, was in a contract year. So I do think that stuff matters. And, um... Like, man, if he can translate it to three healthy months, there's no telling what it could mean for him and for this defense. Tony Pollard. You, you know play? what's crazy about sorry about him is that despite the success that he's been having so far, he, that he's not allowing that to get into his head. And it's weird because I, I know he doesn't necessarily want to be talking to the media. He thinks that he's going to be criticized. I'm like, dude, criticized for like you've been having a great training camp. You know, you've been doing so well. But I think that that's a good thing coming from him, that it keeps you grounded and keeps him kind of focused on what he needs to do instead of allowing this success to get into his head and maybe messing up his game a little bit. I think he's the most low-key player on yeah. this team. Like even like We talk all the time about how Tyron Smith's not a big talker. Malik Collins is more low-key than that. I'm not 100% sure I know what his voice sounds like, and I've covered his entire career. <laughs> so. And, and the, the minute that Dak and his agent and the Cowboys shake hands and take the picture and with the jersey and all that stuff, whenever the deal's done, they're going to be back on the phone per- before too long because he also represents uh, Malik. So, you know, the, they'll be trying to maybe get a deal done with him. But, yep. but the way Malik is, do- is playing right now, he seems like he could be – he he would be a top ten free agent guy next year, I would think if 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 he didn't get draft if he, he didn't you know, didn't get signed and he absolutely restricted he has the potential to be one of those like kind of out of nowhere major free agents a lot like Jason Hatcher I mean he's younger than Hatcher was because mm-hmm. Hatcher signed a deal here too but yeah I mean he, he could he could get really good money if he can put together like a Pro Bowl caliber season. Talk to me about Tony Pollard. He had uh, six uh, six rushing yards. I mean, sorry, six receptions for 26 rushing yards, 4.3 average. 
What do you think of him? Somebody, I, somebody stop me from acting a fool here. Somebody go first because <laughs> I don't want to do this. Like, I don't want to be the guy that buys the preseason hype. But, man, he's fun. I know. He looks so damn impressive. And he looks like he gets it. And, you know, back in, during the draft, I was like, well, they can't ask this guy to run through the tackles. And then he rockets up the depth chart at training mm-hmm. camp. And it's like I said that last night. Somebody asked me on Twitter. like, the reason, in my opinion at least, the reason Darius Jackson and Mike Weber kind of fell by the wayside, in my opinion, is a week into training camp, they're like, all right, let's bring Pollard along and we'll see where this goes and maybe he can do this and maybe he can do that. But we've got these other guys we want to see too. And like by the time the blue-white scrimmage rolled around, it was like, never mind. We're good. Like <laughs> we're fine, especially if Zeke comes back. Like we don't need just a, I mean, no offense to those guys, but a guy just for the sake of having a guy because Tony Pollard can do all of that. And every time he gets an opportunity, he's shown that ability. I will say – when the starting Houston defense was in, it looked a little bit tougher for him. I mean, he mm-hmm. was averaging like one yard per carry on the, you know, while J.J. Watt was in there. But he's got patience. He's got explosiveness. That 20-yard run he had where he basically sort of tap-danced in the hole until something came open, I mean, that was beautiful. Yeah, and, and the, the screen pass that, that was called back for the uh, Jason mm-hmm. Witten's block in the back. I mean, I thought he did a nice job there. Of, of the, You talked about the patience of kind of waiting to for the blockers to come and then you know to get past them and then you know using the angles. And I really think if there wasn't a penalty, I think they would have had to replay that and see did he actually get into the, you know, and touch the pylon. It sure looked like he did. I, you know, it might have been a, a touchdown play, but I do think Jason Witten, his blocks were um, illegal and there was like knocked out two guys there. So I don't know if he would have scored without it. I'm I'm not ready to – like, I don't want to be the guy that's like, they don't need Zeke because I know how good <laughs> Zeke is. But, like, I'm watching this dude, and I'm, like, mi- mixing a little Alfred Morris with what this guy's doing, and, like, I'm intrigued. Let's like mix in Zeke with what he's yeah, doing. I, I, yeah. I know. That's great. Yeah. I'm not trying to fire the guy. I'm just saying, like, I'm, I'm intrigued. Like, he looks so much better – than I would have even thought. And that was, I mean, Stephen Jones compared him to Alvin Kamara the day they drafted him, Mm -hmm. but saying it and doing it is different. And yeah. he looks impressive. He that was, gives you a different, a different feel. Like he doesn't have that bulkiness that Zeke has, and he's not gonna be able to push against those defenders and get those extra yards. But I feel he looks light. Like he he moves around with some like a little feather. Like I don't know if I, I'm not doing a very good job describing this, but like you know he he he's able to move around and, and make those cuts. Like Nick said, and, and it's just. You get a little taste of what Zeke can do for you in a way. You know, they use him in the passing game. They use him in the run game. So, but it's just at a different level. But And to see him this early in the stage that he's at, it's it's so encouraging that he's able to do all these things this early on. Yeah, that's one of the things that I've been talking about that can be the risk for Zeke here. If he decides that he wants to try missing a game, the risk here is that Tony Pollard actually looks pretty good and can give them something. And again, he's not going to be Zeke, nor does he necessarily have to. Uh, I made this point to somebody online a little bit earlier, and I think it's actually some of the topic we're going to bring up uh, maybe later this week. You know, what do you think is going to be the best thing that the Cowboys do this season? I am starting more and more to believe it's going to be defense. And if it is defense, then you may not need Zeke to carry the same load that he once had to carry for this team. Having a guy like Pollard that can hit some home runs for you, even if he's not as consistently the guy that just basically bulls through people, some of the runs that you see from Zeke, 
you may still get what you need out of this running game just to be good enough. And good enough, I mean good enough to still be a legitimate playoff team, and then you see where it goes in the playoffs. So my only mm-hmm. point is I'm not ready to, to buy the hype like you said in the preseason. What I do think, though, is it does create a little bit more intrigue with this whole Zeke thing and how long he's willing to hold out. To Nick's point, and y'all know me, like I'm a contrarian for, I'm I'm the worst. I know that about myself. And like, as much as part of me wants to see that, like, I kind of want to see what it would look like. Just how good can Tony Pollard and Alfred Morris be? Like, how much do they really need Zeke? At the same time, Everything you just said, how much better would it be if it was Zeke and Pollard? No doubt about it. Let's just not mess around with it. No doubt about it. Bring get the band back together. And and we've seen Zeke, you know, in fourth down and you know in the fourth quarters and overtime and that play against Green Bay where he had to, you know, get the ball out there to you know for a first down. Those are the things that after you know getting pounded on for four quarters, he still is able to do that. And you don't know really if Pollard can do that and get you know take these big hits, keep going. He's got an ankle problem, but he's still fighting through it the whole game, carrying guys on his back. Let's see how that, um, you know, if that's what an every down back is, is supposed to do. And he hasn't been able to prove us if he can do that or he can't. Yeah, I will throw out this, though. A lot of people try to give the, the comparison to Alvin Kamara. You can look over there in Carolina and see a guy like this who's carrying the load for his team in Christian McCaffrey. He's a smaller guy. But he can catch out of the backfield. He can make. He can do a lot of dynamic, different things, and he is their primary back. Um, so this is not unheard of in the NFL for a guy with this body type to be the every down type guy. Again, you're not gonna believe it until you see it. But I do think there's enough there right now that gets you intrigued, right? Big time. All right, let's go ahead and take our final break. When we come back from this break, we'll get into some of the bubble guys, see how they performed in this last game and what that can mean for them heading into uh, roster cuts later this week. We'll be right back. This is DallasCowboys.com Radio. Your new apartment's big. Such a great deal. Uh, It's okay. Just okay? What's not too... Right above the subway! Well, I bet you don't even notice it after the... That's my neighbor, Angus. A deal that's just okay is not okay. Get a great deal with America's Best Network. Come into an AT&T store and learn how to buy one smartphone and get a second one on us. Based on GWS1 score September 2018. It's time for tailgate with the Otterbox boys. Otterbox? The makers of those crazy protective phone cases? The one and only. They're also wild about protecting parking lot parties from sad drinks. It's why they made Elevation Tumblers. Rumor around the crockpot is they're made from stainless steel with a copper lining to keep temps hot or cold. True. They even come in seven different sizes, up to 64 ounce. The Growler. Mm. I like how Otterbox drinks. I mean, thanks. And that's been tailgating with the Otterbox boys. Check out all the colors and sizes of their elevation tumblers at otterbox.com. A man's Stetson doesn't just protect him from life's elements. It projects an unstoppable and legendary spirit, just like the men wearing silver and navy on the field every Sunday. Since 1865, Stetson hats are American-made with pride right here in Texas. They are still the official crown of all self-respecting cowboys. And Stetson is proud to be on the field with America's team. Find Stetson hats in the pro shop or at Stetson.com today. Star Sports Tours is the only official fan travel partner of the Dallas Cowboys, offering exclusive game weekend travel packages with sideline access and photo ops with current players, alumni, and cheerleaders. That's not all, though. You'll get to talk X's and O's with Senior Director of Player Personnel, Will McClay, and, of course, with yours truly, me, Brian Broaddus. You can trust the official fan travel partner of the Dallas Cowboys, and with us, you'll travel like a pro. Visit CowboysTravel.com to book your travel package today. 
to the break. Welcome back. Final segment of The Break Live from the SWBC Mortgage Studios at the Star. We're talking about the Cowboys' big win over the Houston Texans, 34 to nothing. Hopefully that follows through into the regular season. Uh, looking good this preseason, though. Let's talk about some of the bubble guys. What? Nothing. Just I know how when Dallas beats Houston. It's like the greatest thing in your life. No, it's not. I don't. I would hope not necessarily. I would hope nobody in Derek's life is like giving him grief about a preseason. They game. do though. Oh, do there's there's really? a little bit of talk. It's not bad though. I I just texted my cousin. He's a my like we're really close, and he's a big Texans fan. And uh, and so I just kind of texted him in the third quarter, like seriously, like I know it's the preseason, but are y'all oh, did y'all even want to play? That's just I mean, what, trolling. It is. It kind of is, but that's trolling. the kind of relationship we it's have. The worst. Because I guarantee, if it was happening to us, oh, of course, he'd have hit me up and been like, seriously, y'all could have stayed in Dallas for this. This was so, waste. Of well, time. the worst thing for Houston because not only did they get trounced by the Cowboys, but they lost their starting running back. I mean, the only thing the good that it came out of that night is that they've got two games against the Colts that might be easier than they were going to be. Right. Maybe. Yeah. And on the flip side, I mean, that's what he said. He said, well, the winner of this division just needs to go 8-8, eight and eight, basically. Like, this is, it got pretty bad tonight. But, I mean, it, rightfully so. If, if the Cowboys were losing 34 to nothing, no matter what the game was, fans would be losing their minds. Yeah. I, you know, whether it's preseason or not, I think fans just don't like the idea of getting trounced like that. Just pride should take over at some point. Just like we're going to no. win the fight if we're not going to win. Take right? A, take a step back. No. Like nobody should ever lose their minds about anything that happens in a preseason they game except for injuries, right. which is my whole point. Well, they had a little bit of that too. So. No, no, no. Yeah. If I was a Houston fan, I would be, be I would, right well, now. I'd be pissed because yeah. my starting running back was hurt, not because they lost 34 to nothing. Right. Just insult to injury, right? Yeah. All right, let's go through some of these guys that were on the bubble. And uh, I, as we laid it out Friday, I basically gave you an either or. Um, and let you guys then tell me uh, who you think had the inside track. And what I want to know now is, based upon what you saw this Saturday, who do you think has the inside track? All right, let's start with the safety position. Donovan Wilson versus Kayvon Frazier. Done. Donovan Wilson's, on, done? The Donovan Sorry, Wilson's on the team. <laughs> yeah. I mean, and that doesn't mean Kayvon won't be. Kayvon's going to have to beat up. You think we go up. five? You think no. they'll go five? No, Kayvon's going to have to beat up t- huh? Darian Thompson. So you don't think Darian Thompson? No, that's I, where they had. He, that's the battle now. Okay. The interception by Donovan Wilson, plus the fact that the, he's been playing great and he's around the ball. He's on the team. For Kayvon to make the team is is he's going to have to be better than Darian Thompson, and I don't know if that's. I happened. thought you told See, me last week Darian Thompson's on this team. Well, that's I did. Right. I, I Things dis- change very quickly. I dis- I disagree Sports with you. Fluid. The point of what I meant was. I don't know if I don't know. I do, if I had to guess, I don't think Kayvon's going to make this team. If he makes the team, it's because for some reason somebody makes an executive decision that they're going to keep five safeties because I think the other four are basically set in stone in I my opinion. Agree with you. And so maybe Kayvon can play his way on because he's so valuable on special teams or he's a valuable character guy. I don't know, but he's him and whoever else you want to throw in there, Iloka, whatever, like they're going to have to convince somebody that they have to have five safeties, which they haven't been doing recently. You have better corners. So, right. I mean, that wouldn't make sense and to you're keep all, five. And you're, you're stuck in a situation where you probably want to keep six corners, which is yeah. I don't see five safeties on this team. But I know, like, Woods, Heath, uh, Thompson, and, and Wilson. Like, I'm very comfortable. Like, write that down. All right, so let's talk about those corners. Donovan Alumba versus... Mike Jackson, Amber. You know what I'm struggling with here? It's easy to evaluate someone based on recent memory of the past week or so, but when 
Okay, question for you guys. When you guys evaluate these guys, do you base it up on what's happened recently or just overall since we started training camp? Both, right? Yeah. Because I think Devin Smith is a good example of more recent is probably a part of the equation than just the whole body of work. But I think all of it gets factored in, at least for me, because, the way I look at it. Because more recently has also been more games. I mean, because you could say John V. Johnson's been pretty good on the course of the whole summer, but the last couple games, of games really. the last couple yeah. weeks, he's just dropped mm-hmm. off. So I would say recently is gets weighed in here. Full body of work with a bias toward what happened recently. That's the way I think of it. Yeah. Yeah, that's what So I, that being said, Alumba. what do you think about the cornerbacks? <laughs> Yeah, what are you, are you trying to get to the fact that you're leaning more toward Alumbo because of that? I think so. Yeah, but again, that's that's just kind of the struggle I'm having to like. Okay, do I base it on up on like recent excitement or just be fair and lay it all out and see the the progression of everything how it's been evolving? But I mean, right now, where I stand at, I think Alumbo for me. I would argue Alumba's been better on both counts. Like he's clearly been better down the stretch, but I like overall. And Mike Jackson had some nice practices in California, but like you take the whole five weeks that we've been doing this, I think Alumba's been better overall too. Yeah. Um, I don't. I don't think Alumba's actually going up against Mike Jackson anymore. I really think he's going up against another position. The end of that. position. He's one of those guys that's at the end of the roster, and you're trying to decide do between you keep them who six you keep. corners or do you keep you know six receivers? Maybe when you get to that part. Yeah. yeah. I will say I'm working on something about the practice squad. Just like what? real quick before you get to that, just to clarify, Nick, are you saying you think Mike Jackson's already on this team off. and Alumba? He's off the team, and you think Alumba's the guy that's kind of there teetering I think, between I him think, and another position? Do they keep six corners or do they keep you know five? Got because it. the fifth corner is C.J. Goodwin, who is a great special teams player, and he had a nice play on defense the yep. other night. And if he doesn't get that interception, Donovan Wilson gets it. So maybe. Maybe, but yeah. he was right there. And the well, guy, like with Mike, you know, for me recently, when I watch him and that he'll he'll make a good play or something or do something good, and I'm like, oh yeah, he's. I forgot about him. He's yeah. still here. So that's where things start getting tricky. Like you gotta be able to keep on everyone's eyes and not just make flashy plays here and there. Okay, Dave. Sorry. Your no, point. I just I'm I, I'm writing a story. I went back and looked at every week one practice squad of Jason Garrett's career. I'm gonna write about it for later in the week. Okay. Um, but Mike Jackson fits the type of guy that winds up on their practice squad all the time. Like, they are pretty reliably have a draft pick on their practice squad. Like, you can go all the way back to Aquazu Suwansu if you want to. We can talk about Bo Scarborough last year. Uh, they do it all the time. Mm-hmm. And day three pick, who has the traits they like, who didn't have as good of a camp as they would prefer, makes a lot of sense. All right, let's move on. Let's go to – this one got really interesting. It was already very interesting, but – Taco Charlton versus Joe Jackson versus Jalen Jelks. All of them had moments in that game where they made plays. All of them have been guys that we've discussed on this show as being, you know, standout guys at times. Uh, what do you think about that position and where the Cowboys are versus where they're uh, where they're going? We already know Tank, Quinn, Crawford, Armstrong. We all feel pretty good are well, going to be on this team. Keep in mind, Quinn doesn't count toward the fifty-three. Got it. So, Absolutely. And I mean, it that just matters because it, change, it changes yep. the name of who makes the team. Yep. So, I've, I mean, Taco played his way onto the team as far as I'm consider, concerned. Yeah. yeah. He, he was great. Uh, he's he's shown, like, he's been trending in the right direction all camp. And then, you know, those were those were starters out there. I know Houston's O line is kind of a mess, but he wasn't doing <laughs> that against Scrubs. Um, At eight sacks. For, well, the, team, and so. I, sorry, go the ahead. The sack 
and then going to get the football. You know, I mean, he even said it. He goes, I caused it. I should have gone and go get it. I mean, that's what he. And Way he, to look at it. Yeah, and on. I mean, everybody touched it once, but I mean, he went in there and, and and made it. I think that was a great hustle play, and then for him to come back from the injury and still come back in the game, make another play on a, on a receiver down the field or a running back down the field. I thought that was a great one. I also really loved his. I loved his attitude after the game. He was like, "This this doesn't mean I haven't done anything. And if they want me to play the fourth game, I will. Like, I know what it is. This, I know what's going on. Basically, like, good for you for not shying away." from it i don't know if he will play especially since he hurt his ankle but i appreciate him at least saying that um i just you you take a hit if you cut him because of the money like there's still guarantees on his deal and you definitely don't want the embarrassment of having him go be good for somebody else and on top of that he's been pretty good so i just think all that combines to put him on the team you mentioned what he said after the game i over the last two or three weeks i've actually grown to kind of like him i i before i was kind of ambivalent like it wasn't like i disliked him but I just was kind of like, he's, he's just taco. But what he said in the locker room the after, what was that, the San Francisco game, I yeah. think it was. Um, and then what he said after this game, it just he just has a spirit about him, in my opinion, that's just kind of like, look, man, I know everybody ain't on my side. I know everybody isn't necessarily. And he, he, let, me, let me preface that by saying there are a lot of times you hear guys that, that talk like that when they're saying things like, everybody's against me, and you can hear the bitterness in them. Yeah, I don't hear that at all from him. It's just more like, I know, man, and I'm a first-round pick. That comes with the territory, and it's just my job to change that. It's my job to go out there and do my very best. And and to me, I just kind of like that attitude. I like that spirit about it. I think a lot of people over on the football side of the building would tell you that some of the biggest stuff in his way is maturity and mindset. Mm-hmm. And it seems like he might be turning that corner, yeah. which is encouraging. You know what I, I like? And based on the things how we hear him talk and, and and express himself as to like you know it is what it is type of deal, regardless of that, he showed that he does care because I was on the sideline there. He got hurt on that first uh, when he got hurt on that play. He came out. The doctors are looking at his foot. He you know he shows that he's in pain a little bit. He's telling them like. No, I'm good, I'm good, I'm good. He was the one who made the decision to go back out there. He went back out there. He did what he did. Then he gets hurt again, and now it's to the point where he's not able to put pressure, like put pressure on the foot, and he was limping around now. But I like seeing his drive and willingness to be on the field and, and being mindful that he is in, you know, you might not be here, and he's aware of that, and he... Showed competitiveness. How do you say that? Competitiveness. competitiveness. Yeah, there you like go. It. All right, we're going to go ahead and uh, finish it up for today. We have a few more of these we're going to hit. We'll come back tomorrow, and we'll hit some more of these. Make sure you stay tuned with Hanging with the Boys. they got a, actually a special announcement coming up today, a new member of their cast. I think you guys are really going to like it, so make Who sure you check it, it out. Let you them announce tune that. In. Yeah, yeah. Let them announce that. Just stay tuned. You'll see that here in just a moment. For Nick Eatman, Dave Hellman, Amber Garcia, I'm Derek Eagleton. This has been The Break, live on DallasCowboys.com. Radio. This has been a production of DallasCowboys.com and the Dallas Cowboys Football Club. How about this, Cowboys?